48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. Hong Kong's daily COVID caseload hits its highest level since early April. The government puts three residential sites up for tender in the hope of generating 2,600 flats. And the Sri Lankan president arrives in Singapore after leaving his country for the Maldives. The daily COVID caseload has topped 3,600, the highest since early April. Health authorities today reported 3,417 local and 257 imported infections, and five more patients have died. And they say from today, anyone who tests positive while trying to cross into the mainland will be sent directly to a local quarantine facility. That follows reports of people who tested positive at Shenzhen Bay Port were being told to leave the area on their own. Dr. Chuan Shukwan of the Centre for Health Protection says people have to test negative before setting off for Shenzhen Bay, so most of those detected at the border were probably repositive cases. Of course, there may be one or two cases, a few uh, proportion of cases, they may have a recent infection detected there. So to improve and to strengthen the management of these cases will require all departing passengers to be sent to the community isolation facilities for those who have a positive uh, quick PCR. A patient's concern group says hundreds of people could be affected each day if the hospital authority cuts back on non-emergency services. The authority has warned that services might be adjusted as more COVID patients are admitted. Alex Lam from Hong Kong Patients' Voices told RTHK that he hoped services could be reduced gradually rather than stops overnight. He called on the authorities to reopen designated facilities for COVID patients. With the figure of 3,000 daily, it's really a concern because even two years ago, we don't have this figure, but we suspended most of the services in, in HA. So now we have this number of people admitted to hospital. We have to think about whether we should reopen certain designated places for putting these people for receiving the service, including those near the border in Qingyi or other places, Lantau, say for example, to house these patients. The government has announced that it will put three residential sites up for tender this quarter as part of its land sale program, generating 2,600 flats. The biggest of the sites in Two Moon was withdrawn from the market in April after the five bids failed to reach the reserve price. It's expected to generate 2,000 homes, which are required to have a minimum size of 280 square feet each. The Secretary for Development is Bernadette Lin. Looking ahead, the government will continue to increase land supply through our multi-pronged approach, sparing no effort in taking forward a series of site production projects including new development areas, reclamation, rezoning of individual sites, etc. We will also continue to look for more land resources, as well as compress our development procedures through administrative and legislative means in order to expedite our site search and production to meet the needs of our community. The Sri Lankan president, Gotabaya Rajapaksa, has arrived in Singapore on a flight from the Maldives. He had promised to resign on Wednesday after his hurried exit from the country, but has so far failed to submit a formal letter to Parliament. The BBC's Ambarasan Etirajan says the Prime Minister, Ranil Wickerum Singer, remains in charge until Parliament meets to choose the next president.
There is a stalemate here. President Gotabaya Rajapaksha, he was supposed to send the resignation letter, but he didn't send. And as a result, Parliament, which was supposed to meet tomorrow to start the procedure of choosing the next president, now it has been uh, postponed. They say that Parliament will not meet tomorrow. That means the acting president, Ranil Vikramasinghe, now will continue. And that is what causing concern for many people. If he is going to continue in the power for some more time, then people might go against him as well. Premier Li Keqiang says Beijing will support the economy while preventing inflation. During a meeting with economic experts and entrepreneurs, the Premier was quoted by CCTV as saying the government will try to prevent imported inflation. He also says the mainland economy was hit hard in the second quarter by factors that exceeded expectations, but it steadied and recovered in June. Kevin Spacey has pleaded not guilty to accusations of sex offences at the Central Criminal Court in London. The American actor has been charged with five counts, including four sexual assaults. The accusations date back to between 2005 and 2013. Kevin Spacey was the artistic director of the Old Vic Theatre in the British capital. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. A riot suspect who was shot by police during the 2019 protests has appeared in court after being arrested more than 18 months since missing a hearing to face charges related to the unrest. Timmy Sung reports. An arrest warrant for Tsang Chi Kim was issued in December 2020 after he failed to appear in court. He is accused of rioting and attacking police officers in Chinwan on October 1, 2019, the same day that he was shot in the chest. He was arrested in Sai Kong on Wednesday, along with three other men who also faced protest-related charges. During a brief appearance at a district court, the suspect did not apply for bail and was remanded in custody. Two of the other men detained on Wednesday were brought separately before the district court, with Judge Justin Koh adjourning all three cases to September the 13th. The fourth suspect appeared before Eastern Court. Six people have pleaded guilty to perverting the course of justice at West Kowloon Court. There are among 12 people who tried to flee to Taiwan by speedboat and were intercepted by Mainland Coast Guard in August 2020. Secretary for Innovation, Technology and Industry Sun Dong says the authorities have no immediate plans to add a real name registration function to the Leave Home Safe app. Health Minister Lo Chung Mao earlier proposed adding various functions to the app, including a colour-coded system for infected people and incoming travellers, along with a real name registration function. Mr Sun says Leave Home Safe is already effectively linked to the identities of its users. He further noted that a real-name registration system for all all SIM cards would see the end of burner phones by February next year anyway. Mr Sun says one thing the Leave Home Safe app will do is to maintain a record of COVID test results. PCR test results will be very important for the infection control. But currently our Leave Home Safe app has no any indicator about these important results. Therefore, we are working in the direction of using Leave Home Safe app to show the PCR results for identifying the confirmed case. I think this is very important. It is beneficial to the community as a whole. Researchers at the Chinese University say they developed the first ever real-time platform to predict how well particular COVID vaccines will work against emerging variants. 
The platform feeds virus sequencing data through an algorithm which tells scientists how effective a vaccine is likely to be against a specific variant of COVID. It's hoped the platform will help vaccine designers as well as policymakers. Benny Z is a professor in the Faculty of Medicine and director of the Office of Research and Knowledge Transfer Services. We could actually use this information to start preparing. We can put it in the algorithm and start evaluating which existing vaccine is the most effective in terms of dealing with this new mutated virus or subtype. We can also use this new information and start to find the most effective antigen in the vaccine to develop such a vaccine and start the process in terms of safety evaluation. The Director of Health, Ronald Lamb, is under quarantine after one of his colleagues tested positive for COVID-19. Wendy Wong reports. The government's Deputy Director of Health, Dr. Theresa Lee, tested positive for COVID-19 via a rapid antigen test. Health Director Ronald Lamb was identified as a close contact and is now undergoing quarantine. Dr. Lam has tested negative in a series of rapid tests. Meanwhile, Federation of Trade Unions lawmaker Kingsley Wong has tested positive for COVID-19. The FTU chairman says he's self-isolating. Mr. Wong says he had mild cold-like symptoms and would take some Chinese medicine. Earlier this week, another lawmaker, Chan Su Hong, and a electrical interpreter tested positive for coronavirus. Lechko said it had arranged disinfection of the complex. Taxi fares are going up from Sunday. It's the first fare hike for cabbies since 2017. Joanne Wong reports. The Executive Council endorsed the increases in May, and the Transport Department has now announced that the high fares will take effect on Sunday. Flagpole charges for taxis will be $3 more. For red urban taxis, the flagpole will go up from $24 to $27, while it will be $23.50 for green cabs in the new territories and $22 for blue Lantau taxis. Subsequent incremental charges will be 10 to 20 cents more expensive, depending on the distance of a journey. The government says taxi drivers will need to display a fare conversion table for passengers' reference if their meters cannot be adjusted in time for the changes. Flooding and extreme high temperatures have caused deaths in eastern China as summer heat descended earlier than usual. Vicky Wong reports. Record high temperatures have been reported in Zhejiang province just to the east of Shanghai, topping out above 42 degrees Celsius on Wednesday. The neighbouring coastal provinces of Jiangsu and Fujian were also suffering under high heat, while Henan, Sichuan and Heilongjiang saw many hospitalised for heat stroke. The hot spell of the past month has been described by Chinese weather watchers as widespread, prolonged and extreme. And due to higher demand for air conditioning, the load on the power grids of seven provinces and regions has hit a record high, according to state media. The hashtag heatstroke was trending on social media with 2.45 million views on Weibo, where there were discussions ranging from people being admitted to hospital to the detrimental effects of long-term heat exposure. Floods have meanwhile struck much of the country with three people reported killed and five missing in Sichuan's Pingwu County as of midday on Wednesday. One person was reported dead and eight missing in Heilongjiang in the northeast. Experts say such extreme weather events are becoming more likely because of climate change. Warmer air can store more water, leading to bigger cloud bursts when it's released. Hundreds of thousands in south-central China have already been displaced by flooding. 
And Portugal is experiencing what officials say could be its worst day for wildfire conditions as the country swelters in temperatures of over 40 Celsius. Three and a half thousand firefighters have been battling dozens of blazes across country. The Prime Minister, Antonio Costa, has warned that with this long stretch of extreme weather, many firefighters and civil defence workers are already nearing exhaustion. On Wednesday, all-time heat records were broken in several parts of Portugal, while winds have been fanning the flames, especially in the south of the country. President Biden and Israel's Prime Minister Yair Lapid have signed a joint statement pledging to deny Iran nuclear weapons. The statement says Washington would make available all elements of U.S. national power. Mr. Biden addressed a news conference in Jerusalem. This is a vital security interest to both Israel and the United States, and I would add for the rest of the world as well. I continue to believe that diplomacy is the best way to achieve this outcome and will continue to work with Israel to counter other threats from Iran throughout the region, including support for terrorism, ballistic missile program that continues, and the proliferation of weapons to terrorists and proxies like Hezbollah. For his part, the Israeli, Israeli Prime Minister said only a credible military threat would stop Iran from developing its nuclear program. At least 20 people have been killed in a Russian missile strike that struck a city deep inside Ukraine and far from the front line of the fighting. Dozens more are injured and several missing at the attack on Vinnytsia, southwest of the capital Kiev. Ukraine says the missiles were fired from a submarine in the Black Sea. They hit a commercial building in the city centre near a paternity hospital. Social media pictures show passers-by carrying victims from the rubble. An Iranian has been given a life sentence for taking part in the murder of prisoners. Hamid Nouri was tried in Sweden where he was arrested three years ago. BBC's Paul Moss reports. It was one of the most notorious atrocities carried out by the Iranian regime. Nobody knows the exact toll, but in the late 1980s, human rights groups say that more than 5,000 dissidents were killed, many at the Gohadash prison just outside Tehran. At the trial in Stockholm, a series of witnesses identified Hamid Nouri as being one of the prosecutors inside the prison who sent people to their death. Mr Nouri denied the charges, and Iran has repeatedly demanded his release. The case is one of an increasing number where people have been charged in one country for human rights abuses committed in another. Now the weather mainly cloudy with a few showers. Minimum temperature will be about 28 degrees tomorrow. Sunny intervals during the day. Maximum temperature will be around 32 degrees in the urban areas. A couple of degrees higher in the new territories. Temperatures currently 30 degrees. Humidity 80%. And a round of our top stories tonight, Hong Kong's daily COVID caseload hits its highest level since early April. The government puts three residential sites up for tender in the hope of generating 2,600 flats. And the Sri Lankan president arrives in Singapore after leaving his country for the Maldives. And that's the news from RTHK.
course a big hit for Diana Ross ain't no mountain high enough into our second hour this Thursday night the dying embers got Friday just literally around the corner uh, in the previous hour I got a, an email from Billiam he sends me these sort of jokey uh, clues for a song that he's looking for and the one for tonight is a rainy letter from camp so I've been thinking about that during the news and I reckon I've sussed it out uh, beer riding on this by the way if we ever meet if you like a song yourself, it's Radio Pete at Gmail as our marvellous musical mystery tour continues. Mm-hmm. 